Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. When I met Michael Jordan for the first time, I literally couldn't believe it was him. I couldn't believe it. Like, people, you know, I felt the dude looked like Jesus Christ to me. <laughs> he looked like black, he looked, you know, he was black Jesus to me. So we walk upstairs, we walk up there, and the first person I see is Charles Oakley. Oak move, and when he moves, Mike is sitting on the bench press. Um, and I was like, oh my f- God. I, was, I didn't think he was real, man. You don't understand. I didn't think Michael Jordan was real. I only thought he lived in the TV. What a great moment from LeBron James. Welcome to The Jump. I am Rachel Nichols alongside, of course, the number two overall pick in the NBA draft, Jay Williams, and the New York Times best-selling author, Brian Windhorst. Welcome, gentlemen. Coming up, Larry Nance Jr. is concerned about coming back to play with this pandemic due to a pre-existing health condition. Are players under unfair pressure right now? First, though, here's LeBron talking on the uninterrupted platform about his plans to play football, football, back during the 2011 lockout. Myself and my trainer, my man, Sears, we, we really started to, started to actually train to be a football player when it came to, like, October and November, we started to run. We started to clock our times with the 40s. We started to add a little bit more in our bench presses and things of that nature. Thoughts came into my mind, but, you know, never um, having the ability to finish my high school career of playing like my senior year. I have dreams all the time about playing football. Did you get the call from Bron saying, hey, I might want to do this? <laughs> I did not, but I know he got a contract from Jerry Jones. Just look at this video. This is LeBron playing high school football at your alma mater, too, Brian St. Vincent St. Mary. He was an all-state wide receiver in the in Ohio for high school players. And you just heard Matt Carter and Paul Rivera talking to LeBron about him getting a contract to offer from who else? Gary <laughs> Jones, of course, during the last lockout. So, Brian, what if, what if LeBron had made the same decision Michael Jordan did, right, to try his hand at the other sport he loved as a kid? and somehow managed to actually go play NFL football. Well, I should point out that even though there was a lockout, he also had a $100 million contract with the Miami Heat that might have caused a little bit of an overlap issue. But, Rachel, you and I know firsthand how into football during the lockout LeBron was because we were both in Akron at the University of Akron when he assembled a flag football team and played against a flag football team that Kevin Durant assembled. And they were playing zone defense and they were running all kinds of offensive complex systems. He was totally into it all together. He was a star in high school. He could not be covered. I mean, 6'6", 230 pounds at that time. The problem was the only way to bring him down was to go low. And so he spent as much time protecting himself as he did catching the ball. And that would have been my concern is that 
the, the people would have gone low on him like they have on Rob Gronkowski, and he would have been injured a lot. So I think he made the right choice. Yeah, I think he made the right choice too, Brian. And I will say this. I, I appreciate Michael Jordan's choice because in baseball, you don't get hit, okay? In football, you get hit <laughs> down. But I will say this, guys. I mean, guys, names like Travis Kelsey, Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, Rob Gronkowski, with the size, the athletic ability, the agility, the dexterity that LeBron James has, like he would have gone down to me. He's one of the greatest athletes of all time. There's no, there's no doubt he would have found his footing within the NFL. And if he had got a chance to be a cowboy, I'll tell you this for a fact. There's no way Jason Witten would be second all time in receptions and receiving <laughs> yards, guys. That would have been a different career traje- trajectory for Jason Witten. <laughs> well, look, we've seen it before, right? Jimmy Graham was a two-sport athlete, football yes. and basketball at the U in Miami. And uh, he chose football but could have done either. We're going to have Randy Moss on the show later this week. Of course, a Hall of Fame football career. But he was named the Basketball High School Player of the Year twice in West Virginia. And by the way, that was on a team that also included white chocolate. Jason, white chocolate. Will. So yes. There you go. I mean, we've got we've seen it before at the world, world, world class level. I think LeBron could have done it. All right. Good news for the sports world in general. Things are starting to come back slowly. The governors of California, New York and Texas have all said that pro sports could resume in their states in the near future. However, one player who is unsure if he'll be returning even if the season resumes, Cavaliers forward Larry Nance Jr., who has Crohn's disease. Nance spoke to you, Brian, about this, and here's his quote about his pre-existing condition and potentially missing a resumed season. Quote, I would hope there would be an understanding, you know, from the league, if someone didn't feel comfortable coming back, that you get a pass. Just because you may look like the picture of health, some people have issues you can't see. And Brian, this brings up an interesting point. If a player doesn't want to play this season due to health concerns, what would the fallout be in terms of their contract? Well, we don't know yet. I mean, knowing what I know about the NBA, I don't think that they would cause any issues here. If a player wasn't comfortable, I don't think they would find them or anything like that. And Larry is trying to play. He's done a lot of work with his doctors, and he believes that the treatment that he's on would actually help him fight off a, a, an infection. But he doesn't know. And obviously, there's not that many NBA players that have pre-existing conditions. Although, just because we don't know about it doesn't mean they're there, that they're not there. And he also points out that it's not just about the players. What about the coach? What about the players' families? What about um, other people's support staff's families? This is something there's so many different things to worry about and to figure out for any uh, sports league. This is just another one because if you have a pre-existing condition, especially if your immune system, like it is with Larry Nance, uh, you could be more susceptible. And, and also, I do Brian, wonder, I do wonder, Jay, if... You know, they treat it maybe not like a holdout in terms of finding, because as you said, Brian, I wouldn't expect them to find anyone. But I do wonder if they say, great, you want to take the rest of the season off? It's going to be basically like an unpaid leave. We won't pay you, but your contract then goes to the next year, which is what happens in the NBA if a player holds out. Jay, I don't know if you think that would be fair to them or if the pressure in general is unfair to players during this pandemic. Well, I, I think that life is kind of in an unfair position for a lot of individuals, just not, you know, professional athletes. But, I, you know, I know a lot of people across the country that are going into work and, you know, somebody gets sick at work and they bring a company in to decontaminate the office place. And then the next two days they're back at work again. So I, I think a lot of people and, and Brian, just to add a caveat on to your conversation piece is that how about coaches? How about people like Greg Popovich, who's older, uh, you know, Coach Bud, people who are over 70 years old? Uh, how do they handle? This. this is not pre-conditioning, con, uh, 
precondition conditions as well. But it's also, you know, people who are older, who their immune system may not be as up to date as others due to age. So I, th- this is a big issue moving forward. And you will hope that a lot of companies, I mean, look at what Jack Dorsey's doing over at Twitter. He's saying that employees can work forever at home permanently. So you will hope a league as progressive as the NBA would have a lot more social responsibility, would understand that if a player or a coach decides not to participate, that there wouldn't be any kind of, you know, strike against them or maybe hold out on payment. You hope so. Well, look, and, and first of all, it would be nice if NBA players could work from home, but of course they can't in the larger sense. I'm not saying that pay should be withheld as a strike against them. It just gets complicated in the contract year. You could either treat them as, quote, injured, which means they get paid and their contract year continues, and it just uses up that year. If you're a team like the Clippers, say, who only has Kawhi Leonard under contract without his player option kicking in for two seasons, and this is one of them, you might say to him, if I'm just picking a name out of the air, by the way, there's no known pre-existing condition with Kawhi. But you might say to Kawhi Leonard, great, absolutely, if you don't feel comfortable coming in, we totally get it. We're not going to make you. You won't be fined. But we still want that year on your contract, and you're going to have to serve it next year. We don't want to just only have one year of Kawhi Leonard, for example. And again, that's just a name out of a hat. But it is complicated for teams. It goes beyond just do we want to give them money or not, but their rights as well. And I think it's going to be a lot to work out. And maybe the NBA just says, hey, we're going to treat it like an injury. It's it's bad luck for the franchise that they're not going to get their full year, and we're going to move on from there. We will find out. That's Coming up, Brian and Jay will give me their picks for the team most deserving of a last dance-like documentary. So many great teams, so many great eras to choose from. I'm so excited for this conversation. First, though, it's time for our distant replay from this date in NBA history. Oh, this is a good one. 32 for Anthony Hardaway. Jordan and Kukos to the weak side. Stiakovich with an offensive rebound and a dish to Christie inside. Garnett knocking it away and finally taking it out of the air. Look at Garnett. He just sort of bluffs at the shot block there and then he goes up and catches the ball out of the air. Watch him go up. Achieving cult status right now in Dallas after his last two performances. Durant! Oh! And a foul! Kevin Durant throws it down, gets hit, and he'll get a chance for a three-point play. My goodness, Kevin Durant off the out-of-bounds play says to Brendan Haywood, excuse me, I got an appointment with the rim. You're in his poster, big fella. The Jump is brought to you by Steel. Are you ready for a steal? It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. It's your home speaking, and I need you to do me a couple of favors. First, could you get that blueberry that rolled under the fridge last week? It's throwing my feng shui off. Second thing, bundle your home and car insurance with GEICO. It's easy, and we could save money. Lastly, I know you were thinking of painting the nursery back to off-white, but I'm actually feeling this baby blue. Didn't think it was my color, but I am pulling it off. 
GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to GEICO.com today. Wednesday on ESPN, relive Game 6 of the 98 NBA Finals between the Bulls and Jazz. You will get behind-the-scenes footage and sounds along with film angles unique from the original TV broadcast. That all starts at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 Pacific. Welcome back to The Jump, and I am so happy to be joined by one of the top prospects in this year's NBA draft, Tyrese Halliburton. Welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Tyrese, if the world had gone on as scheduled, well, so much would be different, but tonight would have been the NBA draft lottery, and you'd have gotten a clearer picture about where you could be spending the next five to seven years of your life. But instead, that's been postponed. The draft is very well likely to be postponed. How are you handling trying to navigate one of the most important moments in your life when there is so much uncertainty? Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing with with that is that I know that eventually – that will all get handled and we'll have an answer, you know, soon. You know, there are people in this world who uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in what's going to happen in their lives, um, you know, after we kind of, you know, get back to quote unquote normal. Um, so uh, for me, I just take it in stride. I know there are people who have it, you know, worse than I do. So uh, I'll be all right. That is very good to hear. You're likely to be one of the top point guards taken in this draft. That means depending on how the lottery balls land, if they ever land, there has been a lot of chatter about you going to the New York Knicks. How do you think you would fare in a place like that, considering the spotlight, the microscope that comes with being a part of that kind of situation? Yeah, I mean, you know, being in New York, it's always talked about the pressure, you know, of being a Nick. Um, but I feel like no matter where I go, the pressure that I put on myself is, you know, more than I'll get from, from anywhere. So, you know, for me, no matter where I'm at, I feel like, you know, that pressure is prominent and it'll it'll be more for me than anywhere. So, you know, I'm ready to play anywhere. Well, you were an incredibly efficient shooter in college, but some scouts have still expressed concern about your shooting mechanics. How would you describe your shot and how you think it would translate into the NBA? Uh, well, the most important part for me is that it goes in. <laughs> and I think it goes <laughs> in at a, pretty, at a pretty high clip. So, um, you know, just through workouts and different, you know, things, what I got to, you know, kind of experiment with in my freshman and sophomore year, um, of college, I feel like, you know, my shot has gotten only better. And, you know, I know that I'm not in a workout by myself. So I'm always trying to work like there's somebody in front of me. And a lot of times I do have, you know, whether that's my brother, just somebody there, you know, just practicing getting shots up with hand in the face and, uh, you know, different things like that. So uh, as long as it goes in, I'm okay with it. Well, you've been described as, quote, college basketball's best kept secret. Uh, another site called you the draft's biggest sleeper. Why do you think you've flown under the radar until now? Well, I would just say in high school, um, you know, I played with a local program, uh, Wisconsin United, rather than taking the, um, you know, the Nike or Adidas or Under Armour route, um, you know, because that's what a lot of, you know, the top players do. And, I, and obviously that helps them. But for me, I wasn't raised that way. I was raised to, you know, stick with the people who get you to where you, you know, where you are. So, um, you know, thanks to, you know, Mr. DeBaker and the DeBaker family and, and Coach Jonakin and, you know, those guys playing with Wisconsin United was for me and I still ended up getting to where I needed to be and, you know, I'm here today. So it all worked out for the best. It has and eventually you will get drafted. What's the dream thing you have wanted to buy or do after making it into the NBA? I mean, as a little kid, of course, it's like, man, I want a house with an elevator or a pool or, you know, something crazy. But as I've gotten older, I've learned to, 
you know, kind of relax a little bit. So uh, the number one thing that I'll buy probably once I get my first NBA contract is a pair of Kobe 6 Grinches. I want nice. those since he wore them on Christmas Day. So uh, I'm definitely going to give me a pair of them. Excellent. We can work on the elevator for later in your career. Right. <laughs> right, right. Therese, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with the draft process. We'll see you in the league soon. Yep, thank you. Coming up, is Zion in line for the lead role in a potential He Got Game sequel? Wait till you hear what the film's director Spike Lee had to say about it. Keep it locked to the jump. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Coming up at 4 Eastern, it's Jalen and Jacoby, followed by Highly Questionable and Around the Horn. That's followed by Sports Center at 5.30 Eastern with Wilbon and Kornheiser joining at 5.30. First take extra, 3.30 Eastern. All right, it's crunch time here on The Jump. Woj reporting that Jazz forward Boyan Bogdanovich undergoing season-ending surgery on his right wrist. Honestly, it's not been the best 24 hours for the Jazz. Also reported they're losing their vice president of player personnel, who's going to go over to the Knicks. As for Bogdanovich, the decision to have surgery now gives him a chance to fully recover for next season whenever next season may start. Brian, how difficult of a decision is this to make before knowing what the rest of the calendar even looks like? It's been a rough couple of months for the Jazz, starting with Rudy Gobert, then the issues with he and Donovan Mitchell. And this is a real blow for them because they are in the four seed right now. The expectations we're going to have a playoffs. They have their top two stars who they have to work out their issues together. And now there's their third best player is out. Uh, the Jazz have said that this had nothing to do with the pandemic. It wasn't about him not wanting to come back. I'll choose to believe that that's true. Either way, he's not going to be there, and it hurts their chances, whatever those were. Yeah, Brian, uh, just to add another caveat onto that, I mean, also we had the last dance film of watching Carl Malone right. and John Stockton not win a championship, right? <laughs> oh, just to add on man. to the whole thing. Uh, I, I'll say this. I, I've been watching Bogey for a long time, loved watching him in Indiana. He was a 20-point scorer. He was a guy that can make big-time buckets for your team. So I, I think this is going to be a really tough blow for the organization. But I also think this gives an opportunity for Donovan Mitchell. We've always talked about his game going to the next level. His game has to go to the next level for Utah to have any chance to do something special in the Western Conference playoffs. All right, let's move on to Spike Lee because in 1998, Spike, of course, directed one of the best basketball movies ever made. He got game. Ray Allen playing the role of Jesus Shuttleworth alongside Denzel Washington. We should also shout out the cameo by Rick Fox. Yesterday, Spike spoke to Sage Steele about a possible sequel and who he's looking at for the lead role. Zion. You Zion ready for this? He said he was. Okay. I'm keep talking to me right This is beautiful. We were trying to uh BC, not before Christ, but before Corona. <laughs> Try to get a meeting. Damn. Ray and I were going to go to a home game in New Orleans, so uh, I'm still for it. BC, before Corona. Jay, are you feeling the idea of Zion as the lead actor there? 
Rachel, no what's really funny about this? When you asked the first question, you said Ray Allen played Jesus Shuttlesworth. Then when I heard Spike say, he just said Zion. He didn't say Zion Williamson. He said Zion. How many other one-name superstars do we know? Madonna, Prince. Yeah, Zion can play in this role. His name is Zion. He's 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 bigger than life. And look how much traction he's been able to create. Just him coming in and playing his latter part of the season, already involved in the Rookie of the Year conversation. This kid can do anything that he wants. It's a matter of, you know, if he has the time to do it. That's a big question. Yeah, I'm not going to doubt Spike's casting here. I love watching Zion play. I'll give you another one-name guy who should be under consideration, at least for a, a supporting role. How about Ja? Ooh, How about South ooh. Carolina kids getting in there. I'd like to see Ja's closer to the Ray Allen game than Zion. I'll say I that. like that, Brian. That's a good one. The White House press corps got the NBA back on their radar yesterday. Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta bringing up Daryl Morey's Hong Kong controversy during the White House restaurant owners meeting with POTUS. Trump asking, quote, is he still working for you? He must be pretty good. Fertitta responded with, quote, yes, because it's a trick question, but he is. Brian, who is under more pressure right now, Daryl Morey or Tillman Fertitta? Well, first off, I thought Trump would be on Maury's side because his tweet was anti-China, and I thought that was a position Trump had, but this is not a political show. Uh, Tillman Fertitta is under as much pressure as just about any businessman in this country. He has had a miserable nine months from losing tens of millions in revenue from the China fallout, the fact that he owns 600 restaurants that are all closed, hotels and casinos closed, his basketball team is shut down, and he's got the biggest mortgage payment of any NBA owner because he just bought the team for a record $2.2 billion. He had to take out a $250 million loan at a 14% interest rate just a few weeks ago to carry himself through this time. The pressure is on Tillman Fertitta. I wish him luck because if he recovers, it means we recover. He means yeah, more a lot than of luck. I mean, my, my, <laughs> my head is hurting from all those numbers you just threw out, uh, Brian. I, I, I tell you, that, that's so much pressure to be under. And if you're Daryl Morey right now, uh, you're, you're playing with house money. Look, I, I, first off, look, I know what he said about Hong Kong was wrong from a timing perspective. But I do believe that Daryl Morey will be on the right side of history when it comes back to that comment. And I will say this. Even if the Rockets don't finish by winning the Western Conference, if, if Daryl Morey does get fired, are you kidding me? If you're the New York Knicks, you're going to call Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey is going to find another job. Daryl Morey is a genius in the game of basketball. He will find another job. No worries at all. All right, guys. Now that the last dance has come and gone, sadly, NBA fans are clamoring for more hoops content. So that got us wondering, which team in NBA history is most deserving of the next ESPN Films documentary treatment? What do you think? Jay, what's your pick? Uh, you know, just from somebody who's been an executive producer uh, in, in his career, Rachel, like, I, I don't know how you don't tell the story of Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal and the Lakers. Uh, just, you know, and, and Phil Jackson, insert him in from The Last Dance, you know, what he learned from Michael Jordan to what he learned working with Kobe Bryant, what kind of changes he made, what happened between Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal to lead to the inevitable breakup of that team, watching Kobe go on, and obviously, you know, the passing of Kobe Bryant. Uh, I, I just think that narrative will be an incredible, incredible emotional roller coaster ride to tell. Look, Jay, I get it. You're going with Hall of Famers, the glamour option. Me, I am going with the team that turned into one of the greatest unintentional disasters in modern NBA history. Oh, yes, the 2009 Washington Wizards. We could do an hour alone on the card game on the team plane between Gavlet Arenas, Javaris Crittenden, and JaVale McGee. 
Gilbert told JaVale he would burn JaVale's car with JaVale in it. We would do a two-episode arc on the incident <laughs> in the locker room where the guns came out. But there's so much more with that team, guys. The late Flip Saunders was the coach. That was the year that longtime owner A. Poland died. The team went on a 16-game mm. losing streak that led to them winning the lottery that became Good John one. Wall. They changed the team colors and uniform. I'm ready to produce it. I'm going to go off now. See you tomorrow. <laughs>